You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Good morning. Good morning. How goeth it? Goeth well. Goeth fine. All is well with me. All is well with me. Yeah. Sounded like the beginning of like a ditty or something. (laughs) Yeah. I've expected like birds to start singing and, you know, (laughs) it makes me think of like the hand-drawn animation of like early Disney, like Snow White era. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I'm like the birds are composed with the music. That's right. Mm. Do a little Mary Poppins action where it's live action mixed with animation, which got to think how revolutionary that was. Seriously. At the time. It's very cool. I think it's very cool even now. Yeah, it still is. Mary Poppins still holds up with old dick van dyke yes yeah jim jiminy jim jiminy i used to watch a lot like i grew up watching a lot of tv land so like the dick van dyke show oh yeah yeah that's really good yeah i really really enjoy that even now i could probably really enjoy that some of that stuff you just can't get better you know very true i mean maybe you could well i mean everything technically since we are not i'm not gonna get into that but you know (laughs) what i'm saying it made it really fun when like wandavision was episode by episode referencing different eras of television because i'm like oh the brady bunch now that i've said the words the brady bunch the theme song will be in my head for the next two weeks (laughs) two weeks I love it, though. <laughs> I unironically love it. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about the era of, like, 1970s British dry comedy. Really? Like, Monty Python on the Holy Grail yeah, era sure. comedy. It still makes me laugh. <laughs> I, I know what's coming and I still laugh, which is, I feel like the mark of that's, oh yeah, that's, that's good comedy. High marks. You know, that's rare. It's probably at least once a week that I say, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition, <laughs> which is a Monty Python line. Just Perfect. really sticks with you. Yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite memes of recent memory. This is layered and <laughs> okay. describing a meme is always way worse than <laughs> actually showing it to you, but mm-hmm. What can I do? This is a podcast. (laughs) So I don't remember how it starts. It's like a video title thing that would catch your attention. You'd be like, oh, I want to watch that. And you click it and you get like two seconds into it and you go, which is, of course, the Rickroll. But you get like five seconds into that and then it starts like getting grainy and fady and then and then no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. That's new. I've never seen this. Oh my gosh. It really it really cracks me up for some reason. Like you really double turned that one on me. You know, because like it's one thing to rickroll me and then it's another thing to Spanish Inquisition me. You know, like, I was just not ready for that. I, you're right. I was not expecting <laughs> no. the Spanish Inquisition. Appropriate. You know, so anyway, speaking of the Spanish Inquisition, a <laughs> bunch of dirty, rotten sinners, you know. Yeah. If we're Christians, we know that sin is bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hate to say it. That's, I hope we know that sin is bad. Yeah. We're starting off strong. Yeah, we're really, people are like, yeah, go on (laughs) saying the obvious, you know, that's what we're here for. Say the obvious. So yeah, we we know that it's bad and we don't want to do it. Right. Right. It's like, yeah, I want to do that. Of course. Naturally. Naturally. And that's because we have new hearts by the work of the Holy Spirit and we don't want to displease God. Instead, we want to honor him, glorify him and love him with our whole being. Right. Like, again, Mm -hmm. hopefully... (laughs) 
Hopefully everyone's listening and thinking, do I need to hit the skip button? Like, do I just need to skip this episode? Because you're saying the obvious, right? Like, yeah, duh. No, duh. And yet, here's the problem. Mm. In the words of Paul, Mm. the very thing I want to do, (laughs) just to glorify God and not sin, that very thing I do, Mm. (laughs) we still sin. Yeah, I have taken note of this. <laughs> I have first-hand proof. I, I do. I am fond of quoting the line from Chesterton, G.K., Gilbert mm. Keith Chesterton, <laughs> <laughs> the great British author, <laughs> who, uh, who did say that um, the doctrine of original sin mm. is the one empirically provable Christian doctrine. Mm, yeah. You know, that's like, yep, here, there that it is. Out. That is the one. Because yeah, we all, I think, can say, no, I don't think, I know. We all have firsthand experience with this. Yeah. yeah. Angry mm-hmm. words still bubble out of us. We still find ourselves envying our neighbor's recent pay raise or the new toy that they have in their garage or whatever else. We not only listen to gossip sometimes with glee, but we occasionally may gleefully participate in it ourselves. Mm. The very thing we want to do, again, we don't do. And the very thing we don't want to do, we in fact do. I recognize that word. (laughs) Right back to it again. Romans 7, once more, once more. Wretched people that we are, if we're going to continue, right? And that's how how he goes on to say, wretched people, wretched man that I am. It's really sugar-coated that. Yeah, really. Yeah, there's no... (laughs) It's one of the things I do love about Paul. It's like there's never... He never sugarcoats it. It's the joke I think we've shared on the podcast many times. You know, there's two kinds of Pauline epistles. One is the, you know, we're heirs of unfathomable riches through unmerited grace. And then the other kind is I am as a personal favor begging you sick freaks to be normal for five minutes. Oh, sinners at Corinth, could you not be yourselves for five minutes? (laughs) It's a little Shrek 2 reference for those of you who oh. appreciate Shrek lore. Was, even I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> even Ethan, resident Shrek hater, appreciates that reference. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, if you're reading Romans 7, you're reading the Apostle Paul, of all people, saying things like that. You get the idea, unfortunately, that this is still part of a normal Christian life. Hmm. But if we listen to the wrong story... We will think that the sin which remains in us proves that we're not actually Christians. Okay, that therein is a problem. Or we'll think that there's some part of our faith that we just haven't gotten right yet. Because if we did, (sighs) sin wouldn't be a problem anymore. No, exactly. We use such strong language about like dying to self or becoming a new creation. And and I think when we realize we didn't instantly ascend to some... (laughs) untouchable level of holiness like we're still seeing the same person in the mirror it makes you question if anything's really changed at all like right is there anything there did anything take root is there any form of transformation that is disheartening right it can really send you in into a tailspin it can yes there were many times especially as a teenager yeah existential crises of faith yes you know absolutely and thankfully you know like that's not as big a problem for me anymore and Mm -hmm. it's because i think of the kind of stuff we're talking about in this podcast episode. So we're going to solve all your existential crises in 20 minutes. You know? Love it. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. But again, this so this is a deep topic we're getting into, but I do think what we're going to talk about really is helpful in this arena because yeah, this is absolutely. a major problem for Christians. I mean, it has been from the beginning, yeah. you know? And as you said, that kind of thinking that, oh, well... You know, I still, there's still anger that bubbles up in me. I still envy people. 
I still do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Therefore, I'm not a Christian or I haven't gotten something about my faith completely mm-hmm. right yet. That kind of thinking will cripple you, yeah. to your point, right? Yeah, it'll send you into a spiral. But here's what, we'll just stick with Paul here. <laughs> here's what he said in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. And he's been writing about the righteousness, which is ours through faith in Jesus Christ. So he's talking about, you know, the fact that you have right standing with God mm. through trust in Jesus, through reliance in his name. And he's been talking about the resurrection and laying hold completely of Jesus. And then he says this, which is very telling, Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Hmm. So again, if even the Apostle Paul was still struggling and striving toward the goal of this totally laying hold of Jesus mm. in such a way that you're made perfect. Yeah. If Paul is still having to do that, mm. the apostle Paul, who is shepherding churches near and far, doing all these things, mm. if not the one of the most sanctified human beings who had ever, you know, lived, right? He's got to do that. How much more do you think that you and I yeah. will have to do the same? Or let me put it more bluntly, all right, in case we're like thinking like, well, I don't know if that's exactly, you know, what we're talking about. Like, is he, is that what Paul's talking about here? Like, if you're still, you know, there's still some sin in your life you have to expunge and mm. put to death and work through. Here's what the Apostle John says in his first letter. He says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So right there, I mean, John is dealing with people in his churches who are saying, oh, we don't have any sin anymore. <laughs> Buddy. Let's... Yeah, like, look, we, we, that's not a problem. So we don't need to confess anything anymore. Like, Let's just put the brakes on that for a yeah, minute. No, uh, if you say that, what John is saying is there is no truth in you. <laughs> you, know, you have deceived yourself. Yeah. The whole issue here is to say, no, I do have sins, and then confess them. The way the Westminster Catechism puts it, repent of particular sins particularly, and God will forgive you your sins and uh, cleanse you from that unrighteousness. So that means, taking all that together, there is still a hard fight against the old man, as Paul puts it. And we have to put a knife in the old man's belly, you know, every day, if I'm going to put that, you know, imagery to it. Yeah. I actually think that verse takes on a very different light to me. The, the if, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, mm-hmm. especially within this conversation. I don't, I don't know if I've ever thought about them alongside before. Yeah. And I think that's somehow our expectation that we should be without sin. We expect to have attained this, to have arrived at this goal. And the expectation is what to be devoid of sin. Yeah. That suggests we either are beyond the struggle or we're perfect at navigating it. Yeah. We have this, I'm going to say delusion because it's fun to say. <laughs> um, like that what we're supposed to achieve is this position of what is actually revealed to be deceiving ourselves. Yes. Why is that our goal? <laughs> That should be that should be just littered with red flags to say this is this is not how it is going to look for you. Right. And I think that also goes to show how deceptive our enemy is in this regard, because he can take even something like that, our pursuit of sanctification and holiness <laughs> and putting sin to death yeah. and even turn that on its head to say, well, if you're if you're still having to put sin to death, yeah, you must not be a Christian like brother. 
that's what Christians do. Yeah. Like Christians know they have sins and the whole struggle is to put the sins to death, mm-hmm. right? Like to do what Paul's talking about here is to struggle and to strive. And I was talking to a friend about this very topic quite some time ago, and uh, he made a very interesting point, which is that when Jesus died, it was a slow and painful death, right? It wasn't something that happened even for him immediately. As a matter of fact, crucifixion was engineered precisely so that it was a long, slow, excruciating death, Mm. which is where we get our word excruciating from is from crucifixion, literally excruciating from crucifixion, that kind of pain. And his point ultimately was that dying to our sin more often looks like crucifixion than being hit by a freight train going 100 miles an hour, right? It's a slow, ongoing, long-going process rather than something that's quick and immediate. And again, just so we're clear here, you don't want to confuse your sanctification for justification, right? And that's, that's part of the problem that you're dealing with when you get into this topic is when you put your trust in Jesus, you're justified. Like God looks at you, he sees you clothed in the perfect righteousness of Christ, and he says you're not guilty. It's a forensic declaration is the theological slash legal terminology, right? It's like he looks at you and you're declared not guilty in the court of God. You read Romans 8, you can't be unjustified, right? Mm. Now, the problem is, is that then you mix that up with your sanctification, which is a separate distinct thing, right? Where you begin to live in light of, oh, okay, God's declared me not guilty. I'm his friend now. I belong to him. How should I then live? Yes. All these passages we've just looked at, that doesn't happen overnight. Mm. You're not a sinless saint. You're not perfected in one go as far as your behavior and your thought patterns in this world. And so you have to work at that. And when we're rooted in the true story of God and men, and we stop telling ourselves these lies, these self-deceptions, right? We won't have to despair utterly when we do sin. Mm. Rather, we'll know we can run back to our father and that he will abundantly pardon us through Jesus Christ. We'll know that he is more ready and wants to forgive our sins more than we want to confess them. He is more ready to do that, wants to do that more than you even want to confess. Mm -hmm. And actually, there is a sense in which I think we can even draw a measure of comfort from the fact that we feel conviction and sorrow for our sins, right? Yeah. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians. There's a godly grief that leads to repentance yeah. versus That's... a worldly grief that leads to death, mm-hmm. right? And the godly grief is a sign of the Spirit's work in us. It's a, it's, it's a proof. <laughs> like, oh, yes, I feel awful that I said that thing to my spouse or I had those thoughts about my neighbor or mm-hmm. I didn't do what God told me to do. Yeah. It's a clear awareness of something that you would not otherwise possess. Yeah. You wouldn't care about that the way you do Mm -hmm. if the spirit of the Lord was not at work in you. And so all that is to say, at the end of the story, sin indeed will be no more, right? That is one of the great joys we ought to look forward to about the new heaven and the new earth is that, you know, like, can you even imagine a world where not only can you not sin anymore? You don't want to sin anymore. Mm. Like you don't even have to fight about your desires. You don't have to go through the mental anguish almost of trying to sort through like, is this a good desire? Is this a bad desire? You don't have to walk on eggshells around people anymore yeah. wondering like, how do I measure my words mm. based on how I'm feeling and how they'll respond? And is what I'm saying right? But am I putting it sinfully? Like that, yeah. that kind of stuff, gone. 
you know, forever. Like, that is going to be so great. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, we'll never again act, speak, or think in a way that will cause us mental, spiritual anguish. We won't cause pain to others. And our relationship with God will never be profaned again. Our prayers will never have to include confession again. You know, every prayer will be praise. Like, like that's going to be awesome. And that gives me hope. The struggle doesn't go on forever. It's not interminable, yeah. right? It has a terminus. It has an end. And that will be a uh, a good day. And in the meantime, it's like, yes, yeah, so like knowing that that's going to happen, just keep going, like keep fighting and don't despair when you have to go again to God and ask for forgiveness because he's going to give it to you. And you pick yourself up. The spirit picks you up, I should say. <laughs> the spirit helps you pick yourself up. <laughs> He picks you picking yourself up, however you want to put that, <laughs> and you keep walking. Yeah. And it's great. So, anyway, thanks as always for listening. If you have any questions on this or any other topic, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonchurch.net. And uh, if this was helpful and you want to leave us an honest five-star review, the Apple Podcast platform, honest, so it's not, you know, yeah. it's not deceptive. That's right. You, you haven't deceived yourself or us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no need to repent. And, uh... Yeah, you can do that. And thanks as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time.